What's going on, everybody? It's D. Frank. And I know it's been a while, but I'm coming back at you with a new episode. And I just decided to drop in on this one because it's a little bit of a different episode. If uh, you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I did a video version of this same episode. And for the audio version, I had to probably change a couple little things around. So if you want to see that video version, I would suggest you go to my Instagram page. It would be the number one day at a podcast and that's my instagram page is once again the number one day at a time podcast and there you can see the video and you will get better a better context of some of the things that i will be explaining later in this quote-unquote interview that i did pertaining to what the title of this episode is named so without further ado let's get right into this episode He lacked something. I think a lot of us lack this at 22. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. He was out of my control. This brother is a bad man. To be the sad man. Behind blue eyes. And no one knows what it's like to be hated, to be faded, to telling only lies. This is a bad man. I'm trying to tell you, man. Discover. When people say this is great, they don't do him justice. He's historically great. Man, it's been a long time coming. Been a long time coming. We've been trying to plan this interview for, man, God know when. But, man, we finally here. We finally here. Yeah, man, it has. It's been a long time coming for this one, man. Uh, I've been meaning to get up and make time to do this for a while then. Man, between working, more working, uh, doing stuff around the house. Schedule's not lining up. Um, life, or more life in general, being tired. Um, any other reason slash excuse or however you want to throw it at, at, throw it at you, man. I'm, we finally here making this damn thing happen. So, oh man, let's 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 get into it. What what questions you got for me? So, all right, man. Hey, well, let's let's start with the simple question, man. Tell these people about yourself, man. Tell them who you are. Who am I? <laughs> oh, man. Who am I? Man, my name is Derek Franklin. Um, some know me as uh, D. Frank. Some know me as Frank. Some know me as Frankie or whatever the hell nickname that you got for me if you know me well enough. Um... I'm 33 years old, just turned 33 back on June 3rd, uh, born, uh, born and raised in a very small town, well, I was born in Tuscaloosa, and I was raised thir about 30 miles south, mm, southwest of Tuscaloosa in Greensboro, Alabama, Hale County, West Alabama, uh, if you, most might not know, but uh, that, that region of the country for more than one reason is called the Black Belt of Alabama and yeah I come from real small country town man it literally had I counted it before literally has four traffic lights uh, everybody knew it knows everybody um, shoot um, man it's 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 a lot that I can sit here and just think about when I say who am I, and I would say the reason I mention where I'm from it to me attributes to who am I because you know I'm small, come from a small backwoods town, and that has given me I feel you know humble beginnings to where I am now. Um, yeah, um, I'm also. You know, uh, 
podcast host. Uh, my show that you're listening to this on right now is One Day at a Time podcast. Um, also, feel like I can mention this too. I am a ex uh, ex Air Force. Um, I'm a military vet. I did that for five years when I was in. I went in in April 2009, got out in August of 2014. So at the time I'm recording this, it's been almost seven years since I've been out the military. And honestly, it probably feels like it's well over 10 years now, but that's neither here nor there. I feel like, yeah, that's just a quick, quick crash, crash course of who I am. Alright man, next question for you. Hey, I'm gonna hit you with a little bit of a Jedi mind trick with this. But tell uh, let's tell the folks who are you? Like really think about that. Not that I don't mean just like your name, but tell them who are you. Alright, you trying to <laughs> Oh man, you trying to hit with these heavy hitters. Um Who are you, huh? Who are you? trying to make me dig deep. Who are you? I would say, who are you? I will say, above all, I feel like I am a man. I'm a bad man at that. And the reason I say that, part of the reason why is, man, I'm one of those people, I feel like it may not be as many left, but I could be wrong, and this is also in my opinion. I'm one of them Men that's, that will stand by what he says. My word overall is my bond. I do feel like I have a moral compass. And I stand firmly on my beliefs and what I stand for. And also at the same time, um, I feel like as a whole, I can be a man of the people. Even though I don't like dealing with people as much, but... At least I'm honest about that. I feel like I try to be fair, but I can be kind of, I won't say hard on, hard, on, hard on people, including myself, but I can be. But like I said, I am fair. I am, I'm a man, like I said, I stick true to my word. Um, I'm also one of those, um, a man who's, who can admit that I don't always have it together, even though it appears that I do, but it's part of that vulnerability that I can I can be honest with myself, like, you know, fuck it man. I I can admit I can I can admit when I'm wrong when I don't always have the answers and always have it together, but I mean that's that's part of life. You ain't gonna know every single goddamn thing, but at the same time I'm not gonna sit here and discredit what I do and I don't know. And I feel like for me, who am I to really truly understand that you would have to really sit down and spend time with me and truly get to know me in that. And I feel like that's not a privilege. Well, I feel like for anybody that shouldn't be a privilege that should be willy nilly because who you are in a sense, probably should be safeguarded, in a sense, but at the same time, don't let don't let anybody stop your light, stop your light from shining. I do attribute that to who I am, too. I'm gonna be the absolute best at, what I, uh, at who I am and what I can do, and I also feel like that's a part of me, who I am, too, and and I also feel like, who am I? I'm a, I'm a man that overall has a real good sense of direction of which, of which way I want to go. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those uh, one of those questions that's really open ended. If you're not, uh, this one of the questions that's just like open ended. That like I could probably sit there and just really think about it, but at the same time. It could, it's one of those questions that just really make you think. And yeah, I, I feel like that's, you get a gist of who I am 
with some of the answers I said. I, I hope that helps out some. All right, all right. You over here talking about speaking of anomalies and bad man. So, okay, so sit here and tell me what makes you a bad man. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, let me quit disrespecting. A bad man, man. So you want the, hey man, so you, you want the bridge story to that, that question or you want me to go straight into detail and, and just plot it on? Oh man, you over here talking about a bridge though. Man, sit here and take your time, man, and tell your story, man. Flows all yours. Whether you got 15 minutes or 15 hours. <laughs> I don't know about a 15 hour part, but you get what I'm saying. Now, huh? Man, when I sit here and say that I'm a bad man, <laughs> when I say that statement, um, it's people and figures, you know, in sports or whatever it may be, that's one of the main ways that I feel like in my mind I can attribute it to that when I think of that and some of you may think of it too like when you think of people like you know Kobe Bryant Michael Jordan um, I would say like when, when it comes down to football you see people like Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers um, even with uh, wrestling back in the day like when everybody used to watch it like my favorite of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. When you mention people like that, and the reason I lump player, you know, mainly sports athletes, and when I sit there and think about it, I should probably, you know, include also people that was before my time, like you have people like Muhammad Ali, Will Chamberlain, you know, Bill Russell, like whatever, whatever name you associate when you think of a bad man and excellence, like you will the reason I mention those types of names because as a whole you see what kind of they have accolades to them that you know that you're running a meal or some you know just somebody that just strives to be average or just do enough to get by man you don't associate that type of behavior with names like that because when you think of people like Kobe and Jordan their killer instinct when it comes to, to playing basketball. Kobe's ridiculous amount of stories with his work ethic and what he did to get to where he's at. Um, you have Muhammad Ali with his stories about when he was training and that he didn't like, let's say for instance, he didn't like count his sit-ups for the most part when he was doing reps because it only mattered when he got to the point where his body was hurting and everything was hurting, how much further you can keep going at that point. And that's just, you know, that's just a few examples off the top, but whenever you think of greatness and no matter what it is, you always think of certain names that come to the forefront of your mind, no matter what is sports, um, whatever hobby it may be, uh, even people in everyday life like at your job or career that you do it's always somebody that's there that's doing you know that's above and beyond and that's just at the pinnacle of whatever industry or whatever it is you're doing it's somebody at that pinnacle and I relate being a bad man to that hmm. alright my next question would be for that is um, was you always this way? Was you always a bad man or? I always considered myself, you really try to pick my brain here, so did I always consider myself as a bad man? Absolutely not. And I'll be honest with that because that's just something that I had to take ownership of and grow into because even, I would probably say like when I was younger, um, I wasn't, I didn't have the the confidence that I that I have now, I didn't have um, I didn't have a lot of things like my sense of confidence, uh, the knowledge that I had, the drive, like that sheer willpower. Because like man, I was that kid that was <laughs> picked on a lot when I was coming up. But you know, I, I was the smart nerd. But 
I didn't know how I didn't come out of that. But yeah, I didn't come into who I who I am now. Well, I ain't gonna even say who I am now. I didn't build on that foundation to become who I am now until I probably honestly say when I went into the military, uh, I started to slowly break out of that shell that I was in. You know, when I was a kid and a teenager, that awkward phase, didn't know how to express myself, and over time. I just slowly learned more and more about myself and yeah I just felt like it I just took that as a journey to learn more and more about myself and over time I used that to as a foundation to build up to the man that you see in front of this camera right now that's freely talking about this so that's how I relate to that I, I won't ever get on him just lie and say I always been like this because I I'm, I haven't I haven't always been like this I want to know what was the catalyst and what started what you would call yourself to be a bad man what what situations led up to it man absolutely man um, the best example I had for that comes about 12 years ago around this time back in 2009 when I went through firefighting school um, started with June 30th, that's when my class started, and a few weeks into it, we started this thing called Firefighter, we had to do Firefighter PT. Had to do it at least twice. So, like, we did it the first time with in a 50-pound weight vest, and it was brutal because, like, we had, like, a certain certain amount of stations and obstacles at first we like at first we were wearing this 50 pound vest we had to get it done in under eight minutes if you quit or fail the uh, evaluation you know as in busted time you know past eight minutes you would have to get sent to remedial firefighter you know remedial PT and you'll basically be practicing all the techniques and everything that was involved in firefighters PT and with me saying that, for the people that's watching this video, you're going to get to see exactly what Firefighter PT consisted of. And if you listen to the audio version of this, I'm going to talk you through it. So, you basically, we're basically starting out with, uh, at this line, we're going to pick up this roll of three-inch fire hose. Let's go, Benny uh, Walk it, walk it, or, you know, kind of light jog it down to a line Let's bring go. it back. And... This guy's moving kind of fast. You have eight minutes, so you kind of want to pace yourself, but you don't want to burn yourself out like running through it. You know, it just depends on your condition. And the reason you see them in uh, the firefighting gear right now is because they're about to evaluate out for it, and you get to wear the firefighter gear instead of the 50 pound weight. But anyway, you see this red ladder he's setting up on the roof. Uh, it was a roofing ladder. He had to go set it up as a part of the drill. But anyway. I just had to explain like why we were using this firefighting gear first. Let's go. Like, what I said with the 50 pound vest because at the time we didn't have vests, we didn't we wasn't issued our gear yet. Those were later in school. So anyways, he's right now he's at the station where he had to grab this charged hose and advance it. And you would hear the people just cheering them on, you know, cheering them on because like this thing, it just gets progressively more physically demanding. So they use a lot of camaraderie just to keep these guys going. So after he advances that charge hose, he's about to head over here to the ladder. He's about to go up and down three complete times. You see people in the background as other people evaluating at the same time. He has his uh, wingman, his buddy right there to put the ladder to make sure the ladder doesn't fall as he's climbing, you know, it's just a safety thing. So, he's going to go up, down, gonna go down, he's going to go up, down, up, down, up, down, three times. Let's go! After he comes down the third time, he's going to advance to the next station. And that next station is going to consist of this uh, sled. And you have to pull the, you know, just use technique to pull the sled. Look like, I can't remember how many feet it was because it's been, at the time, over 12 years since I've done it. And it's going to have this big, thick 
rubber, like four-inch, five-inch firefighter hose on it. And it, you know, it's just simulating like if we have to, you know, drag something on the fire, you know, on the fire ground. But a lot of these exercises are, in a sense, practical to what we do actually out there on the field. He slid it to the other end. He's gonna go to the other end and the process. Keep it up. Keep it up. So after he slides the sled back down on that tough concrete, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta realize like a lot of this stuff isn't just it's a lot of technique that's involved in it. At the time, I think when I did it, I was probably ooh 128, maybe probably. I don't even think I was 130 pounds. It's not all about like how big you are. It's the technique. So after you know after he drive through that tire, he'd uh, get the sled in place. He'll come right on over here to this tire, and that's simulating forceful entry because like sometimes we might get to building that's that's locked or whatever. We might have to put like this wedge and take either a sledgehammer or what we call banging pride, which is like a uh, a halogen bar and a sledgehammer to. Here goes the part right here that really heals everybody, a lot of people more than Once you get past this part, it's damn near downhill. We're going to go and pick up this 165 pound dummy. Some of them are a lot bigger than this one, but either way it goes, at this point you can see that he doesn't have all of the grip on to me. Because at this point you're just completely tired. Like, if you can get over this hump, you're damn near done. So, you know, you got the people in the background cheering them on. Usually right here, like where the um, where he drops it, usually like a death sentence. Even I felt that like you just have to find ways to just keep focused. Because it's 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 hell getting that dumb back up after you went down that far. So they, he's holding his hand up like that just so he can keep his focus on it. Just take his mind off of across the line. It's all downhill from there. He's gonna go over there and get his uh, uh well, he's gonna climb the ladder again to turn down and up twice. And like going back to that part about like when you the dummy or man. You have to find whatever motivation you can to take your mind off of dragging that damn dummy as far as like even if you mean I use this picture, I use that. Just fully committed to it because, like, that, that's 
I never was put in that position. And the thing that really kept me going, other than you know, you seeing my mom's obituary, that my graduation date from that tech school was um, October 5th, which was uh, the day before my mom's birthday that year. And I said, as soon as I found that date out, that like when I graduate, that was going to be to me a gift to you know, a gift to her. You know, she wasn't there to see it, and. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for that date, I probably wouldn't have even found the testicular fortitude to even stick, stick, you know, just to stick it out and even get as far as I did in firefighter school, let alone become who I am right now. Because that was the game changer for me and it was the very first time that I had to break away from just that shy timidness to like get out here, you know, like if you if it's something that you want bad enough. That you had to go out there and just just do it, because I remember I had this one thought, like I sat there and just thought about it. Like I think even my mom would probably be surprised at what I was out there doing at that time. But like as the years went on, I don't even think it was that because I deep down inside, knowing now, I believe she knew I was capable of doing almost anything I really wanted to do. That was just me just being shocked at seeing like damn I really got out here and did this and once I had you know crossed that finish line after doing all that I didn't even figure out like what my timing was because I had failed it again while wearing the firefighters you know the suit because uh, they flooded the course I had lost grip of the dummy and I had busted time I did finish the course but I busted time I think I finished in like 11 minutes but the course, you had to finish it at eight minutes or less. So when I took it again for the third and final time, if I didn't pass it at that point, they was gonna, you know, my graduation date would have got pushed back. I would have, I would have fell behind like two classes or something like that. And that's when I put it all on the line, because at that point I had nothing to lose, because I was just so just so strung out and just no nah, not that kind of strung out but just so stretched out from you know remedial firefighter PT um, regular PT that we had to do like you know doing all the running and push-ups and sit-ups like my quads was so shot that I it was times where I really wanted to go to the doctor and get them looked at get them looked at but I didn't you know that, that graduation date just meant too much to me and I would have lost motivation if it got pushed back so that was that wow man that's that's pretty deep because uh yeah, man I, I can tell you mom was a big was a big influence on your life man that's not too many people would be able to even open up and talk about that and let alone be able to carry on through what you did and like how did you know her going to cancel everything like how did that make you feel man of course um man my mom was a real big influence and um with her dealing with her cancer man um that wasn't something i was expecting to None of us was expecting it because when she went into it, it was, um, I was a little bit, a little bit after I turned 18, I had just graduated high school. So for the last three years of her life, you know, in my first three years and as an adult, it was, it was trying times, but at the same, but like at the beginning, you know, I didn't worry nothing too much about it because she didn't, you know, she told us that she she didn't you know want any other word by which in reality it wasn't going to make anything any better which she was right so it's just like the struggles I, it probably was some struggles in that because of, of the things that she went through like she went through breast cancer twice uh you know she went through chemo radiation twice like seeing how that chemo just just saps and just drains the life out of somebody because my mom was, you know, she would get up and, you know, walk a few miles every day before, you know, she had a cancer diagnosis, you know, she'd get around and move around the yard and stuff. 
you know, she she would do things at least to be active where she wouldn't just be completely stiff. And to see, you know, that kind of, sh you know, that, that kind of shit just do what it did. Like, you know, in a sense, when you think about it, do something to you is like the fact that she she never complained once. But I never heard her just say anything just just like bad. Like I never heard her once complain about her situation, man. It was um just, just how she handled that, like, think uh, uh, that was a, a lot of her toughness, you know, just seeing a lot of toughness, you know, it really came out through that because, like, it was one time, it's probably like about a year or so, I want to say, before she died, like, she had got, I guess it, it, it had did something to where she slipped and really couldn't get back up on her own, like, she just... You know, you know, we, we helped her up, but like we didn't know she was on the ground. She, she didn't, you know, shriek, make no loud noises or nothing. She just tried to get up on her own, you know, on on her own power. And I mean, though she couldn't, but at that time. And one of the things that would always stick with me until the day I died was um, when I came back from uh, when I got my emergency leave from basic, and I you know, got to the hospital where she was at, you know, she was bedridden at that point and, you know, they ran all the, you know, the bags and stuff to where she didn't have to leave the bed to, um, or use the bathroom and whatnot. So, yeah, it was, it was a Saturday, man, it was Saturday, May 9th, I'll never forget it because I was sitting in the chair right beside her bed and I just seen her just like, you know, just lean over the side, you know, just got up and just started creeping towards the bathroom. And what was crazy was like I want—I had that look on my face, like um, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. But you know, at the same time, I'm just sitting there like I'm not about to stop it either. Cause I mean, she—it wasn't like she was stumbling over, but like it was just that understanding of I knew what kind of person she was, so I wasn't about to stop it. That was the last time I ever even seen her, you know, like move around on a free wheel. That was the last time I ever seen him, you know, just walk or get up and do anything. So, you know, um, they did get the nurse to, you know, help her back in the bed and stuff. But shit, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't about to stop her. So, even you know, to the end, you know, just, just fight, you know, just fighting it out. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going down without a, without a fight. I'm not going out, you know. I'm not just gonna lay there and just just and just go out like that. So that was one of the things I, I think I you know took that into you know what I was doing with the fire just just with the firefighting thing. And then after that, you know, I just applied it to any other part of my life at that point. And yeah, that's like yeah. Heart definitely goes out to you on that one, man. So, but yeah, we're about to move right along to the next set of questions. Uh, well, I got some questions for uh, after this, but uh, I'm about to show you some video clips. And funny that nah, I ain't gonna say funny, but you know, some of the people that you mentioned a little bit earlier in your conversation, I'm gonna show you some, some clips of, of them, and I want you to give me your thoughts on everything once we get through. In the arts, greatness means that you're able to develop your skills to raise our human beings' level of, of, of consciousness and our, our, our horizon of aspiration to a higher level. We say, wow, we didn't know that could be done. Now you start talking about somebody like Barry. He has almost a Zen approach to it. Things you had never seen, that umpty umph, that thing you can't describe. It's an eloquence that's just... I try to perfect the skill of trying to make people miss. In a lot of plays where I'm doing something impulsive, I had to turn off uh, the brain in certain ways and just, you know, react. It's metaphysical, and that's where you are the thing. And when you become that thing, you don't have to think. Because it has transcended the 
figuring out things, it's transcended the I am doing this to just what we call the isness. You are here in this moment and you are the living embodiment of that thing in action. When you don't think you're on a higher level than if you think because the thought takes you away from the thing. And in music, it's the same way because if you're thinking and you're playing something, the, the, the second you stop playing what you're playing to think about what you're playing, you automatically are one step removed from the thing. What determines who's better or not is the heart. Am I just trying to get there to make a play? Or am I trying to get there to break your will? When Lawrence Taylor came to hit you, he came with everything. When Dick Buckers came to hit you, he might poke you in the eye, he might do whatever to you. Same way I play. No sight inspires more fear in would-be defenders than this offensive juggernaut. If I get the ball, you have mercy of whatever I want to do. There's nothing that she can say or do about it if I'm on my game. The feeling is you own the ball, you own the game, you own the guy who's guarding you. You can actually play him like a puppet. Few puppet masters apply their trade as skillfully as Michael. He simply takes over a game whenever he chooses. When I'm playing really good, that's the feeling that I have. An unparalleled shot maker, his offensive repertoire is limitless. Regarded as the greatest scorer since Will Chamberlain, his peerless athleticism makes him the most formidable weapon on the court today. Jordan attacks the basket as both possessed. Like, I, I would watch Magic play. I'd watch Michael play. And I would see them do these unbelievable things, and I'd say, you know, can I get to that level? I don't know, but let's find out. Everything was done to try to learn how to become a better basketball player. Everything. Everything. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. So because you know what you want, the world's giving you exactly the information you 100 become better at it. Because you know what you're looking for. So many guys tell stories about your work ethic. Yeah. What was really your work ethic like and for how long did you stay disciplined? Um, well, I mean, I mean, every day, I mean, since, you know, 20 years, I mean, it was an everyday process and trying to figure out strengths and weaknesses. For example, jumping ability, man, my vertical was a 40, it wasn't a 46 or a mm -hmm. 40, 45. Um, my hands are big, but they're not massive, right? So you got to figure out ways to strengthen them. So your hands are strong enough to be able to palm a ball and do the things that you need to do. Uh, quickness, I was quick, but not insanely quick. I was fast, but not ridiculously fast, right? So I had to rely on skill a lot more. I had to rely on angles a lot more. I had to study the game a lot more. And, uh, but I enjoyed it though. So like from the time I was, I can remember when I started watching the game, I studied the game mm. and it just never changed. It's a good separation for me, you know, emotionally to be able to put myself in a place where at practice or when I'm training or during games, I switch my mind to something else. It's a good separation for me, you know, emotionally, to be able to put myself in a place where at practice or when I'm training or during games, I switch my mind to something else. I switch my mode into something else, right? For me, it's the equivalent of Maximus, Desmus, Meridius, and Gladiator picking up the dirt, smelling the dirt, it's go time, right? So that was my mental switch. It was like an actor getting ready for a film. You got to Put yourself in that cage. When you're in that cage, you are that character. And then when you leave there, it's something completely different. But when I'm in that cage, bro, don't touch me, don't talk to me. Just <laughs> leave me alone. How did you get mentally 
and emotionally so strong where it doesn't bother you? Well, you know, it's, you got to look at the reality of the situation. You know, like for me, it's not, you know, you, you kind of got to get over yourself. Like, it's not about you, man. Like, okay, you feel embarrassed. You're not that important. Like, <laughs> get over yourself. Yeah, that's where you go. Get over yourself. Right, like you're worried about how people may perceive you and like you're walking around and it's embarrassing because you shot five air balls. Get over yourself, right? And then after that, it's okay, well, why did those air balls happen? Got it. High school, year before, we played 35 games, max, right? Week in between, spaced out, plenty of time to rest. In the NBA, it's back to back to back to back to back to back to back. I didn't have the legs. So you look at the shot, every shot was online. Every shot was online, but every shot was short, right? I got to get stronger. I got to train differently. The weight training program that I'm doing, I got to tailor it for an 82-game season mm. so that when the playoffs come around, my legs are stronger and that ball gets there. So I look at it with rationale and say, okay, well, the reason why I shot air balls is because my legs aren't there. I got well, next year they'll be there. That was it. Done. Done. Were there some names that you looked at and says, these three guys are as crazy as I am? I do. I, I, at the time, I deal with what I've referred to as Goat Mountain. I went to, you know, so I would talk to them. This is going to be fun. If, if I'm buddies with you from high school, if I'm a cousin of yours, what happened to our relationship? How, how did that gravitate when you went into the league and you're, you're determined to become the greatest, so you're determined to become one of the greatest, what happens to our relationship? Well, it suffers. It does suffer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because and you they, understood that. You well, were okay yeah. with that. Well, yeah. And, and the people that love you, like friends and family, like they know that about you. Got it. So they let you be you. And when you reconvene, you know, you pick back up where you left off. Mm -hmm. But make no mistake about it, everything in between is lost. Right? So those long-term relationships, the commitment of time of, uh, you know, uh, taking vacation. Like, I see a lot of players take vacations with other players that are close friends. And they'll just take vacations just to take vacations or just hang out, just to hang out. Like, I, I, I'm not, I never did that. Why, why, not, why, why, why didn't you do that? Well, because when I retire, I didn't want to have to say, I wish I would have done more. I don't want that. You know, I don't want that. You know, you, you got a lot of people playing their hard-earned money to come watch you perform. 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 It's your job to be in shape. It's your job to be strong enough to perform at that level every single night. And as a competitor, I'm not, I'm not ducking shit. Like, it's not, oh my God, my back hurts, I'm sore. We got to play Vince Carter and Toronto Raptors tonight. We actually had this happen. We had a game against Toronto in 2000, um, and Vince was tearing the league up. Um, my back was jacked, jacked. But like the perception of that, like what? Kobe's missing the game against Toronto and Vince Carter because man, my back was really spasming. But people would be like, what? Oh, he's ducking Vince. Excuse me? No, I don't think so. So I would be in the layup line like, okay, there's a lot of days where, you know, you can rest and recover. Today ain't one of them. Your back can bother you any other day. That shit ain't bothering me today. Wow. We gonna, he gonna have to see oh, me today. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking at a big investments you gotta make, what is the decision-making process there? Do you call, is there, first you do your own research, you take this much time, you call an advisor, is there, is there a system you no, follow? It's pretty, pretty simple for me. It's, it's, do you understand the business? Is it a business that you can help in some form or fashion? What are the barriers of entry to that business? And then the entrepreneurs themselves, the company that itself, right? Do they have a culture that you believe is sustainable? Are these leaders people that you believe in? Are they people that are obsessives? And in turn, have they created a culture of obsessiveness? So I tend to look at those four factors and that's it. That's, that's big right there, by the way. I don't know if you guys caught that right there. That's pretty massive right there. Um, same determination. What's your current work schedule look like today? It's, it's, uh, it's different because I personally am not writing every word of the novels. I am not animating the films. 
what I have to do now is make sure that the people that we bring in, these obsessives that we bring in, are challenging themselves to do the best job that they think they can do. That's what I'm there for, is for them to constantly look in the mirror and self-assess and challenge themselves. If we have a project and you're saying, okay, I can do that, that's not the project we want. The projects that say, I don't know if I can animate that. I don't know how to write that story. I don't know how to do that. Those are the things we want because through that curiosity, you'll reach a level that you didn't think was possible. And so running the studio, that's what I'm doing. You're playing against the Golden State Warriors. Score is 107-109. You guys are close to getting into the playoffs. You know exactly what happens in the game. You go up, you're about to take your shot, and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. Achilles happens, right? He went and hit the free throws, and then you walked off the stage. Yeah. You got the surgery guy. I, I went in the trainer's room, my kids are in there, and you know, they're looking at you and stuff, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, you know, it's all right, dad's gonna be all right. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine, it'll be all right, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. As a parent, you gotta set the example. You gotta set the example. This, this is another obstacle. This obstacle cannot define me, it's not gonna cripple me, it's not gonna be responsible for me stepping away for the game that I love. I'm gonna step away on my own terms. And that's when the decision was made that, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. What freaking beast, bro. Yeah, hey. And for those who aren't really into sports, man, when you see that, there's more to it than just, you know, football, basketball, basketball, whatever sports up there. Think about what was said. Like, I'm going to break down the Ray Lewis video. Like, I agree with that statement when he said, like, man, what, in a lot of cases, what determines this, you know, in, in a situation like that, is who's better other than just skill, like, it's hard. Like, it don't matter, in a sense, like, it don't matter if you got all the talent in the world, but if you, if you just lazy, if you don't have the determination, if you don't, if you just lack any kind of drive, any kind of motivation to get out there and, and make that talent work and make it better. Like the guy that just has the guts and the heart and the balls to go out there and do what he, you know, what he, he, she, whoever it may be, they got the guts to go out there and just do it, man. Nine times out of ten, they're going to come, you know, they're going to overtake the guy, that, the person that just got talent. And I feel like I'm in that way too. I don't, I know for the fact that I'm not the fastest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not this, that, and the third, but at the same time, I'm not sitting here sleeping on my abilities either because the, the moment that you sit there and really just count me out, like, I feel like that's where you, that's where you mess up, man. You, you fuck up when you do that because damn, I'm going, I'm going to outwork you I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get to that next level, man. So no matter what you end up doing, you could, as I heard in the interview that Stone Cold gave before, you could be, you could be a, you know, cook at McDonald's, man. You better, whatever you do, you better be the best at whatever it is. If you, you even if you're just a cook at McDonald's, flipping the hamburgers, cashier, manager, whatever the hell it may be, just do your damn, put just do your damn best at whatever it is you set, you know, that you set forward to do. Even if in a situation like that, that may not, may not be the ideal situation where you want to be at right then and there. Fucking put the effort in right then and there, and you'll work yourself out of a position like that. It, you know, it'll get better in due time. But you just got to get the ball rolling and just move forward with that. And also, you know, taking it to what Ray Lewis said in a situation that separates the good from the great to me. Like when he said, am I just there to make the play or am I there to break your wheel? 
I'm one of them people like if I was put in that set situation, I'm going to be the one to try to break your will because, you know, anybody that I feel like just about anybody can make the play or use it in another context, you know, show up and get a bad minimum. But man, if you're going up against me, especially like in a competitive setting and, and it's all game time for me, I'm going, uh, I'm looking to come there to physically, you to dominate, whether it's physically, mentally, however it may be. Like, you will know that I, I didn't come here to play with y'all. I'm here to break you, break you down to a point to where you just, where, you know, you just throw your hands up in there because you didn't want it bad enough. You didn't prepare for it. And moving forward, you know, after watching that clip about Barry Sanders and, like, sometimes when you're out here, you just got to turn off, you know, your brain in certain ways and just, you know, just let your body naturally react. Because as uh, the musician also said that was narrating everything, that sometimes, when, you know, you take your, once you just put yourself in the moment and become, you know, become, do what you got to do. To become whatever it is that become whatever it is you need to do or get done whatever that situation calls for once you you know take the you know just the overthinking aspect of it and sometimes just go for it just watch how things just fall in line and you just naturally just move from point a to point b it feel like you just zip through you know just, just zipping through it like it, it'll come it's one of those things that's very hard to to describe and I think in that sense when he said you know like when you become that thing you really don't have to think it's it's hard to explain unless you didn't experience it because once you get that ball and that momentum rolling like man that's that's it like you can't it's hard you can't really explain how you got there you just know that everything is falling in line so it can happen and once you start thinking about it too much or you think too much into it you take yourself one step out because you, and I can relate to like him using music as a as a you know as a metaphor because I played piano before and I put in you know it's been times where I put in the work to where certain things just become second nature once you get into that zone and just start playing and just letting go like you just there just riding a wave and once you get because if you know if you hit a spot to where you're not prepared or you make a mistake and you just start thinking you know just like overthinking you're gonna that you're gonna start messing up and you'll you'll take yourself up out of that moment and you, you'll mess up and it takes a lot to get, sometimes it might take a lot to get that momentum back going but yeah once you get yourself in that mindset just just allow just just take a deep breath and just just allow sometimes just allow it to happen instead of thinking about how exactly everything is gonna happen. And I feel like also you know going into the Michael Jordan statement when he says like you know when when he's on the court when he feel like he has that ball when he had a ball in his hand like you at my mercy I'm gonna control you like a per a puppet when I'm on. There ain't nothing you can do to stop me. Like, once I get going, and I feel like, going back to, like, the Ray Lewis thing, once I get going, that's it. You you ain't going to stop me. Nothing. I feel like nothing on this planet can stop me. Once, I, once, I'm, once I'm on my game, that's it. Because I don't even feel like, even if my mama was still alive, she wouldn't even be able to stop me. And, you know... And as y'all probably got an idea, like, you know how my, how I feel about her. Like, nothing, absolutely nothing is going to stop me. And if you think you're going to stop me, you might slow me down, but you're going you're gonna to just get, you know, you're just going to get ran the fuck over in the process. No question is asked. Because, you know, if I'm, if I'm here and what I want to accomplish is here, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do whatever I got to do to get there. So, yeah, 
there ain't nothing more I need to even say about that. Just, I feel like if you stand in my way, you're going to lose. Point blank. And then, ooh, it's a lot with that Kobe one, man. Um, I feel just, just like he said, like, I feel like when I, you know, I don't really try to keep too much of tabs on what other people do per se. And, but I feel like when I see something great going on, I feel like, shit, I, you know, I might, it might not turn out like how they're doing it, but hell, I'm going to at least give it a shot. I got to, I got to take a chance on me if I don't, you know, if I don't do anything else. And... Yeah, I'm going to take that chance on me if I don't do nothing else. Because, yeah, like you were saying about becoming better at your craft, like whatever it may be, like, you know, sports with them. If you're out here trying to start your business. Yeah, like Kobe was saying also about, like, becoming better at your craft, you know, with him being five-time NBA champion, you know, you no know, basketball with him. Um, for me, you know, I'm a truck driver, I'm a, you know, entrepreneur, you know, podcaster, whatever it may be, whatever it is you do, you know, like if you're fully dedicated to it, man, you just got to, you know, deep emerge into it and just really sit there and just, you know, take the time and learn about whatever it may be. Anything around you, I feel like, if you're if your mind is open up to it enough, you can take anything. You can take anything and uh learn from it. You really can. So with that being said, like you can I ain't gonna sit there and say it doesn't matter where you get the inspiration from, but you will find the smallest, even the smallest of things, like you can see something on TV and you can find a way to twist it to where it can potentially fit the narrative of of what you need to, you know, the motivation you need to keep going and sometimes like especially when you deep, really deep dive into something that you're passionate about like he's right, you're gonna probably, you know, friendships are gonna probably, you know, be a little bit rocky, they might go their own separate ways what, whatever it may be man, um Shit, it, sometimes it's a part of the game, and if those people are really for you and about you know and about you, they'll probably understand. And you know, over time, if, if it's meant for you, you know, you two to cross paths. So again, like you said, it'll it'll pick back up like it like it never happened. Like, hey man, I ain't got no more questions for you right now, man. You got any closing remarks so we can close the thing on? Man. My closing remarks. I would say one of them would definitely be, um, no matter what your situation may be, man, don't let whatever it is that's sitting in front of you at the at the current time stop you from completely doing what you got to do. Whether it's a person just sitting there telling you you can't do it, um, I know sometimes in the back of your mind, getting around that anxiety of uh, wanting to accomplish something, that could be a real big roadblock. I think that's bigger than anything else um don't don't let yourself or anybody else tell you that you're too small to do something you're too old or whatever whatever the hell it may be on that one man just continue finding a way to defy the odds to get to the end goal that you want to be and man just find just just find a way to be that badass that you are to get shit done and I think that's all I got for that one, man. So I'm going to add to that, as I always say, be sh be sure to just sit back and take a deep breath and remember to take everything one day at a time. I'm getting up out of here. Y'all take it easy. I appreciate this. Taking, uh, I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate everybody that supported me in whatever movement that I ever had. And man, I just can't thank these can't thank these people from the bottom of my heart, man. I'm up out of here.
to make you feel good. He's a bad man. Give me something to believe in There's a Lord above I wish to God I didn't know now The things I didn't know then Bro, and you gotta take me home